Hello and welcome to another episode of Marriage and Inside Rope. I'm Alan. And I'm Katie. And we are still married. What a day. What a day. It is Wednesday, the day that we're recording. We're doing so before the children get up. It's nice and quiet. It's the calm before the storm. <laughs> That's right. And coincidentally, as soon as they get up, my office door locks and Katie's in a almost literal hell for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> we love them. They're beautiful and they're wonderful. We just wish they didn't exist sometimes. Is that no, harsh? That's harsh. That's harsh. That's harsh. I'm, it's I'm just kidding. been five long months. We'll say that. <laughs> it has been. I think everyone can relate to that. Before we jump into the titular topic of the episode, we wanted to take a quick journey back in time. We're going to wax poetic. Maybe I should... Put You're in gonna some, add music some, here, yeah, some like Back to the Future music. <laughs> yes, I almost started whist- whistling it, but I don't remember the theme. It was it was going to come out as the Jurassic Park theme song, and that well, that's kind of back in time too. Kind bit. of. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. All right, so we wanted to talk a little bit about time travel with mixed faith marriage, and here's why that makes sense. A lot of times we'll be confronted with a situation that rings true or reminds us of something that we went through three years ago within our mixed faith marriage. And we realize, oh my goodness, it is so much easier now than it was three years ago. Time heals wounds, of course, but we've also put in a lot of effort. We've really tried hard to learn the tools of communication, a lot of trial and error of how to, how to talk to each other, how not to talk to each other. And Katie, would you say that we talk to people all across the board as far as how long they've been in this situation. Yes. I think of the current workshop group we have right now, and it ranges from people who have been doing it for three to four months, all the way up to they've been feeling this way um, for six, seven, ten years they've been going through this. And I think that it says a lot that the new people as well as the people who have been in a long time are in the course because they are all still feeling and trying to work through a lot of these things. And I think those feelings with some of the new people, um, it's raw and it's tender and you just feel so much empathy and love for these people who are, I mean, really struggling hard. Yeah. For those that are listening to this episode uh, that are new to the mixed faith marriage world and can, they feel pain just thinking about the words that Katie just said about the pain that you're feeling. (laughs) It gets better. Time will do some of it, but purposeful effort to improve your relationship will do the majority of the work. You've heard it for those that have, have tried to play sports before, that practice makes perfect is a common athletic phrase, but perfect practice makes perfect. Uh, if you're not practicing the right way, you don't have those right fundamentals. And the same thing is true within a mixed faith marriage. Time, and you're going you're gonna to practice in your mixed faith marriage ways of communicating, and you're going to have some trial and error. And we certainly learned a lot going through that which is what all of you get to listen to yeah, I know. is you've, our trial you've and heard error. some of that documented trial and error that's right but that's practice right we we're trying to help ourselves and other couples learn perfect practice learn the the purposeful clinically proven ways of 
dealing with and improving, uh, fortifying your marriage. And notice it's not just about mixed faith marriage. These, these tools are, are valuable across the board, whether you're going through a, a crisis of faith within your marriage or not. Hold on hope. Hold on hope for those that are early on. For those that, that are, are listening because they, they still need a reminder of what's important or they're interested in our story or for whatever reason, if you're in a better place with your mixed faith marriage, Katie and I feel like we're in a really good place with our mixed faith marriage, but it's still helpful to talk about these things because there's still a lot of events that come up that are difficult. I just want to talk about what a week in our life looks like. Can we do that? Yeah. And I mean, are we about to complain? We are not going to complain because <laughs> I think that in order to for us to continue to do this podcast, we just need to tell people how passionate. I think people know how passionate we are about it. But yeah. just this last week, you know, we had our workshop on Tuesday and Sunday, which is amazing because I love hearing people's stories and um, teaching them new content. Uh, Alan had a breakfast i well i guess a coffee a morning coffee you're not supposed to use the c word <laughs> with a couple of mixed faith guys right yeah it was awesome good to catch up alan and i had two date nights the socially distancing thing look we're all practicing good hygiene masks everything i guess I have Out, to, we were outdoors yeah i guess i just i have to preface <laughs> preface all of this with with that don't judge our choices no, we, we really do try and make an effort to um, keep our distance. We go to a park, we sit in lawn chairs um, away from each other, and we bring our own food, and we eat at the park and talk to it. And Alan Al and I did that um, with two different date nights, and then I ended up doing that with some friends, also in mixed faith marriages. Um, and, you know, with a, recording a podcast with doing, you know, answering emails, we like live, breathe and eat mixed faith marriage and die. And uh, I hope not death. <laughs> um, this is something that we do every day, all day. I mean, really, I feel extremely called to the work and you can, you can attribute that to whoever you want. But for me, I feel like God has like called me to do this. The fact that we have people just show up on our doorstep, which I think is amazing. I've always wanted to be that house where people could show up on the doorstep and say, Hey, I just wanted to drop by. Do you have some time to talk? And they come in and we talk with them. That has been like, it's, that's a dream of mine. It's changed our lives <laughs> for the better. It, it, does it really help. has. It's been amazing. It does help that we're both extroverts. Yeah. And all the, what this is all coming down to is we're announcing that this is our final episode. No. That we're bowing. Oh, no. No. Oh. So anyway, the, I, the reason why I bring that up is because we know that many of you have been active in our community, in our Facebook group, uh, or maybe just lurking. That's fine, too. <laughs> I know that many of you try to be as supportive as you can be. Good vibes messages. Clearly you send messages to each other. You connect through Marco Polo. You connect through the Facebook group or through Instagram. You reach out to those who are living closer around you, uh, in the same situation. And those are all things that help our community. All of those things help. Think about your involvement in within this mixed faith community. 
whether it's the Mormon Mixed Faith Marriage Facebook group, it's the Marriage on a Tightrope Facebook group, uh, it's other Facebook groups you may be in. Uh, I know I'm saying a lot of Facebook. That's a one key way, especially during a quarantine, that you're going to be able to connect with people. Uh, are you in a place where you can give some of that emotional energy to someone that is having a hard time? You know, you see someone that is posting, uh, my, my husband just told me that he no longer believes and I don't know what I'm going to do about it. This is so difficult. And you hover over her name and she lives a city over. What can you do? Send her a private message. Hey, would you like to go to lunch? I was in the same situation three years ago. Think about those, those lunches that you had three years ago. Who were those couples that reached out or even more tragically, did nobody reach out and you had to figure it out for yourself. I mean, that's why our group exists is for couples to support each other, not just behind a keyboard, but in person on Marco Polo, which is another fancy keyboard. <laughs> but that's why we created this podcast too, is because there was nothing for us. We had to create something let's be creators and we want you all to be creators as well you can participate at whatever level of comfortability you you want to it doesn't have to be reaching out it no, doesn't have to they be. have to go to lunch with people no, i'm just kidding <laughs> that's yeah, not no. something you have to do that's what we're saying we're trying to provide some ideas of of things that you can do if that's if that is in your comfort zone if that's something you would like to do is to marco polo or whatever it might be because you know here's here's the fact of the matter alan and i love doing this work. We absolutely spend the majority of our time as a full-time job doing it. We feel called to do it, but there is only so much we can do. There, There is only so much that two people can, can do for others. And our time is limited sometimes. And so this is a way to help. Something that I think about that is also really have, has been helpful for a lot of people has been the course that we've provided for them. Early on, we had, I'm thinking of one person in particular that came to us and said, you know, I, I'm not, we don't really need to take the course ourselves. We're not in a position where we, where we need that. But something that we want to do is pay it forward for any couple who needs to go through. And so they've sponsored, the, I think, this next session, the third session, will be six couples six, and yeah. for, ha for half-tuition scholarships to go through. Like, I just really commend anyone who is willing to recognize that, hey, maybe I don't need this, but I know that paying it forward to someone else, they will benefit from my generosity. If you feel so inclined that you're in a position that you can donate money to help someone else go through the program, any amount, there is no shortage of people who need it. You know, we've worked with, I think, over 50 couples now, and we've put people on payment plans. We've put, we've given them uh, discounts. We've had other donors step up and pay for people to go through the program. And 
it makes a huge difference. You want to talk about an impact, you help somebody go through this course that will change or help the way that they communicate in their marriage so things aren't so raw and difficult all of the time. You know, I, I, we don't want money to be the barrier. Unfortunately, like we have, we have a therapist we pay. We, there are, there is costs to it. And so we're trying to give everyone an opportunity that needs it. Many of you are in a position during these difficult economic times, luckily, and you're blessed, if you want to say it that way as well. I don't like that. You don't like that? I don't like the hashtag blessed. I think I think that you can say that I'm, you're lucky or sure. you, you can use blessed if you want, but I just feel like it. the connotation is that you're ble- more blessed than someone else. Right. Well, if you are in a financial position that during these times, recognizing others are not, we are strongly encouraging you uh, to help out. The way that, the best way to do it really is you can email us at marriageinatightrope at gmail.com if you would like to discuss kind of scholarship or uh, yeah, scholarship options. If you want to donate uh, to, we have a kind of a fund for scholarships. You can do it through Venmo at Marriage on a Tightrope, and in the note, just say workshop scholarship or just reference it whatsoever. We have our budget on that side, and then when couples come over to us again, these courses are are filling up so quickly. We we've opened up, and we're about to talk about the September course that we just opened up, but it's already a number of spots are filled, and it'll be it'll be completely filled within a matter of a, a week or two. But we have a few positions that we create for uh, economic struggle uh, couples and also crisis couples where we don't let the course fill all the way up because we know that there will be a few couples that come to us that are in absolute crisis mode. They do not know how to handle what's going on in their marriage. They literally come and say, I th- this may no not work. No one does, right? This may not work, yeah. right? We hold a few positions for those couples. It's very last minute for many of them. And sometimes they overlap. It's a crisis couple that also can't afford it. And we say, hey, we've reserved spots just for couples like you. Uh, We have a scholarship. Would this help? We have a few couples that are in the current course, which we're just entering week two, that are in that exact situation that would not have been able to do it without the help of you, the listener. And we want to call out the people who have donated. You know, there are a lot of, um, a lot of you who will set up like a monthly donation and throw $15 at marriage on a tightrope who date, who donate any amount of money. And let me tell you, it is put to good use and we are just so appreciative of it. We've been doing this for two and a half years now. And I feel like Rather than it be just something that has faded, it has intensified, wouldn't you say? Yeah. It's just we have become more involved in the community. We have become more involved with our listeners. And, you know, quite frankly, the most of our friends are all mixed faith couples. <laughs> I mean, the people that we go to dinner with and hang out yeah. with and who are literally just like some of our best friends are, are in this situation. And we have been like lucky enough to meet them. And I think that you definitely, whatever you put out, you're going to get putting out that energy of finding people who, you know, are, we can connect with has been so beneficial. Thank you so much for the many of you who have already donated to us marriage on, t- on a tightrope, us individually. 
um, that has been so helpful and really sustaining for <laughs> the last couple of years. You know, if that, if you decide that you want to donate to the, to the podcast, we put those funds to good use as well. We appreciate so much the donation and the thought. And again, you can connect in other ways. If, if money is an issue, then please be active in our Facebook group. Reach out to other people. This really is um, us saying we need help. <laughs> Yeah. I'm holding up a help sign. Please help us help others because this is a wonderful community. A lot of people are doing a lot of really good things. You want everyone involved, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for bearing with us as we walk through this impassioned plea for <laughs> uh, further help with your time. If you're if you're lucky enough with your with your money as well to help other couples be able to get the help that they need. So thank you. Uh, and now let's tell you the details of our September course. It is live right now on Eventbrite. You can go there and search for workshop on a tightrope. And here's the basic details. It starts on September 22nd, which is a Tuesday night. It goes through October 27th. Uh, it's every Tuesday and Sunday thereafter, after September 22nd at 8 p.m. Mountain, 10 p.m. Eastern and 3 a.m. in Tel Aviv. That's I'm not sure if that's right. Don't 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 <laughs> probably is it. No, and and the each each live session is is done via Zoom for 90 minutes. And on Tuesday we have Natasha Helfer go through one of six cuz it's a six-week course uh, mixed faith marriage main themes and topics and she presents that it's very clinically sound. We we roll out a at-home exercise that we call your tightrope in action every single Tuesday night. And then you have until Sunday as a couple to work through that work through that exercise together. It's Last, a crash course, guys. Six yeah, weeks. It goes is, fast. It goes fast and it's it's a short amount of time to talk about heavy things, right? Yeah, you are going to be put in situations where you have to talk about it. We actually, I have here on, on our notes, uh, a message from one of the couples on Sunday night in week one said, quote, there's some real difficulty in being able to talk about some of these things. It makes us have to face the communication challenges we have as a couple. This exercise led to more questions, question marks, which is good, but hard. So you, you get thrown into the fire here. It's, it's difficult and really, really helpful stuff. That is the structure of the course. On Sunday, we get together and we talk about uh, the experience that each couple had. Uh, and then we have uh, Q&A for 30 minutes as well, both for Katie and I to share our experience and for Tasha to, Nat Tasha? Natasha to share her clinical uh, expertise as well. Like we mentioned, that these spots do fill up very quickly. It's been open for a couple of days. There's already a number of spots that have filled up. Uh, really important, if you're looking at joining this course, you can use your HSA to pay for it. Uh, if you are interested in using your HSA, you don't need to sign up through Eventbrite. Send us an email and we can set you up with uh, the, the right process to, to do that. If you do sign up before June, June, uh, what month are we in? August? If you do <laughs> sign up before August 14th, you'll get $50 off the registration and you get included in week seven, which is an, a bonus masterclass on sex and intimacy with Natasha. You do not want to miss the sex and intimacy masterclass. It's Alan's favorite class. This is the only reason why I do the entire course. <laughs> just to be able to go through. I'm just it's great. Thank you for all those who have supported that have joined the course. They have really great things to say about it. Uh, if you have any questions about that, 
you can go to marriage on a tightrope at gmail.com. Katie, anything else before we get to the self-care topic of this episode? Wow, this could have been an episode all by itself, our little plea to everybody. But no, <laughs> let's let's move let's move ahead and we'll talk about self-care. Last week I had the opportunity to speak with Natasha and a bunch of others um professionals with Symmetry Solutions at the Digital Sunstone Symposium which was a new experience but I think they did a really good job putting that together and one of the topics we talked about is reframing your mixed faith marriage I was assigned self-care which maybe I needed to talk about it for myself, which is why they assigned it to me. But uh, we wanted to just talk about the slide that I presented and hopefully helpful for some of you who are needing some self-care right now. I know that I feel run down. Five months has just squashed me into the ground, hasn't it, Alan? I think you've handled it gracefully. (laughs) Yeah. Brownie points for being nice. It's been hard. And that's not even with like an intense mixed faith marriage on top of that. Kids, COVID, you name it. I think all of us could use self-care. So I wanted to put together some tips for self-care. And we're going to go through those line items and then talk about it. The first thing you can do to help yourself is to get support. And not just support from anyone, but support from those who have earned the right to hear your story. There are very good friends and very good family that are very well-meaning, but who give very bad advice, (laughs) wouldn't you say? I I feel like we have come in contact with every, every type of person who has given us great advice and some other um, bad advice. You are going to search for those in your network who will support you no matter what. They will be a cheerleader for you. We're talking about professionals and non-professionals. You know, professional help can look like a life coach. It can look like a psychiatrist. It can look as like a psychologist or a therapist. It can be any number of those professionals that have the skills to help you talk through some of those issues. And a professional is a good is a good person to go to for an outside view. Sometimes when you're stuck in a rut yourself, it's hard to see the outside. It's hard to see other points of view and a professional can do that for you. Non-professional wise would be a good friend or a family member. Ellen, what does a good friend and a family member provide when they are giving you support? Well, they listen. Um, They're not trying to hear me to refute what I'm saying or to tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, Sometimes you don't even want them to give you any advice, good or bad. You just need someone to listen. That's, I think, the primary attribute of of someone that's going to be helpful in, in, in many of those difficult moments. And someone who, again, will be your cheerleader, who will support you, cheer you on as you move through this space that's really hard. So support, that is the number one, um, my first suggestion. Also under support is your community. If you are looking for a community of mixed faith marriage people or post-Mormon or people who are 
actively trying to stay in the church. There is a community for all of those things on Facebook and on Instagram. Seek those out and see if that's something that would be helpful for you. Another point that is important to talk about is the grief cycle. And how do we allow our feelings to move through us without judgment? When you are going through a really difficult time in your marriage, sometimes we want to skip a step. We want to say, no, I don't want to feel bad about myself. So I'm going to go on a million trips. Well, not during COVID, but this is my example. I'm going to go on a million trips just so that I can avoid being in the same spot long enough to have to deal with these issues. That's how I dealt with my anger and frustration. And my self-care was, no, I'm just going to get out of here. And so I spent a full year (laughs) heavily pursuing trips and friends and Disney and anything that I thought would make me feel better. But then the times when I was left alone to really think about what was going on, that's when the grief would hit me. And so you can't skip that part of yourself. You have to allow that to happen. You can't avoid your pain. You, you need to feel that pain. And then you need to not judge yourself for feeling bad again. I was just chatting with a listener this morning who is the, the believing spouse in the, in the marriage. And obviously that means that his, his wife has, has stepped away. And they are currently on vacation. And he was telling me how right now, quote, learning lots on this trip, so much to work on. And this is someone that's very new to this mixed faith uh, arena. When I read that, again, this is through text. You don't get the full context context of the conversation or what's going on uh, with their marriage. But I know that he's having a hard time with this as well. So I see this as a good sign that he's that he's having, he's, he's, he's recognizing he needs to learn, which is, which is a great thing, but I know how these ups and downs go. And what you just said, Katie, about the grief cycle of allowing yourself to feel that trauma, to feel that pain, even though he's having these, these positive, um, attitude towards learning, I wanted to warn him. And so my response to him was, it really looks like you're going into the learning with a good attitude It's absolutely okay if it gets overwhelming and the good attitude slips. Give yourself some grace. This is all a lot to handle. Uh, I think that's what what you're talking to here. I don't want him to set himself up to be disappointed in his own emotions right? He's going to feel this, this pain and trauma, even though he's walking into this with a good attitude, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, it is going to be difficult. And you're going to feel like the waves of grief, which we've talked about before, we're going to feel those um, times when we think we've gotten over something, and then we feel re traumatized, or something is triggered, and then you feel that grief all over again. And as many of us can attest with time, the grief become smaller and smaller and time does heal a lot of things. Don't worry if, if you're feeling those waves of grief and you continue to feel sad about it, it's okay. Ride those waves, acknowledge them and feel that pain and then move on from that. Okay. The third suggestion I have is meditation. Meditation could be a number, a number of things. It could be mindfulness It could be an actual sit-down yoga practice of meditation. 
it really is just a reflection of what you value. A simple exercise that you could do is you could make a list of all the things that you value in your marriage. And then every day, look at that list and focus on that list of what what it is that you value. What is it that you want out of your marriage? What are you thinking about daily intentionally that puts you in a good headspace in order for you to have a good day, right? There are all sorts of apps and programs out there to get you into that spot. I use Headspace, Alan use Waking Up, Sam Harris. You can use Cosmic Yoga for kids. You know, you can you can use any of those things. And if anything, what you want to do is just find a quiet moment for a reflection. That's that's what meditation is. Is you want to be able to have quiet time to think things through. I think that one thing I have always valued is the quietness and the the contemplation I was able to do in the temple. And when Alan no longer came with me to the temple, I no longer felt uh, peace. I, I no longer felt like I wanted to be in that contemplation just because it was really hard for me to get to that my, that headspace because my spouse wasn't there. It was a constant reminder to me that I am different from my spouse. And so I turned to meditation at home in the early morning hours um, in order to get to that headspace. And it was so helpful. Use meditation to your advantage. Take time out of your day to give yourself some self-care in that area. Just want to call out and reference our last episode where meditation and prayer those two terms really are interchangeable when it comes to the goal of what this meditation that Katie's talking about. So if you are more comfortable using the term prayer and that's your quiet moment to sit and pray, boom, but that's perfect. That's great. Right. I think meditation is just, it is, it's prayer. That's what it is. So if you think of prayer as a type of positive affirmation, you can use that in your meditation practice saying things out loud that you want for your future, things that you love about your marriage. I mean, that's a prayer there. I feel like they, like Alan said, it is interchangeable. All right. The fourth thing on the list is routine. Routine helps when you are stuck in a rut. Sometimes you need to change up a routine or maybe if everything is just kind of out the window with a lot of you, Uh, because your kids are home, you're in survival mode, you are just living the day to day, you need a routine. You need to identify, or something that we've done is we've identified what helps us feel good in our day. Physical activity, moving our body, does that make us feel good in our day? Oh, yes. It does. I'm a walker. I like to get out and like power walk in the morning and put on upbeat music. I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> I don't listen to anything that that can muddle my mind, if that makes sense. I just want to hear something upbeat and happy and positive and get my body moving. And then when I get home, I will have my cup of Creo brew and I will read a book or I'll write my, my thoughts and feelings down in a journal, whatever it might be. But having a routine is so helpful. Just prioritize a few things. If you need an, you need more sleep, have a nighttime routine. If you need to move your body, have a morning routine. 
Yeah, my routine is uh, I don't even need to get, get don't even need to get into the details because it's very similar to Casey, Katie's. It's just a bike ride with with some disc golf, and I do love listening to podcasts or audiobooks while I'm doing that. But there's this moment uh, on the disc golf course that I play. <laughs> Uh, I said I wasn't going to get into details, but here we go. Because I think it's important that that there are differences, and that's okay. You need to find your own groove and find what works for you. There's a moment of, of three holes that go into a pretty thick forest, and I mute or I pause whatever I'm listening to for those three holes because I just find the, that forest to be really nice to just sit there and listen to the birds chirping, the the wind through the leaves, and like that's my own little moment of quiet contemplation Pocahontas. In, in the middle of my, <laughs> my morning. It's my, Are you I, singing while you're running through the trees? Yes, I'm counting all the colors <laughs> of the wind. It is my my sacred forest. Is there another word for forests? Grove. Grove. Oh wait, sorry, that was very Mormon of me. Let's <laughs> let's move on. So whatever it is, might you might uh, be able to do identify what helps you during the day, and then take time for yourself. One thing that you can also do to provide self-care is model how you want to be treated. Self-care isn't just about taking care of your physical well-being, but also your mental well-being. I think that sometimes we immediately want to put up a front um, that everything is fine. I'm doing so great in my marriage. There is nothing wrong guess what? That is not realistic. And people will treat you as so. You know, one thing Alan and I constantly, constantly do is we put up a united front. We have each other's back. And, you know, we model to our friends and family that we want to be treated respectfully. We love each other. We don't want to hear crap about our our spouse. There's no dogpiling here. This is this can be very easy to get into when you get a group of either believing spouses that are in a Marco Polo group or a text conversation or non-believing spouses that are. It can be very easy to get into the conversation of like, I can't believe my spouse won't see it this way. And like those are the moments where you can really practice defending not only your spouse, but defending their position, which is a very, which is a very difficult thing uh, to get to. And, you know, this, let's go back, let's call back to support. You know, yes, you need support. And yes, there's hard things about it. And you want to talk to those cheerleaders in your life, or professionals or non-professionals who will help you through this. But again, you can still practice how you want to be treated with that support person. The next thing that I'll talk about is boundaries. Creating boundaries allows you to strengthen your inner authority. Now, what what is your inner authority? Okay, I'm going to give you an example. I mean, you can call it your inner voice. You can call it God. You can call it the Holy Spirit. You can call it whatever you want. But guess what? You are the one that gets to decide what is best for you, your inner authority, right? So for example, I had a very well-meaning family member who early on said to me, I want to tell you something. I had a dream about you and your spouse. And what did I do? I put on the brakes. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, if you are about to tell me a dream that you had about me and my spouse, I would love to hear it only if it brings 
value. Unless this is something that will be helpful to my marriage, I do not want to hear it. Okay. So here's that boundary. You know, not to cross it. If your dream was about anything other than supporting my marriage, I don't want to hear it. And I think that family member was taken back. They were surprised. They probably were very disappointed because who doesn't want to hear a dream? That is choosing your boundaries and allowing your inner authority to, to say what is okay and what is not okay. Okay. So you can do that. You can create those boundaries within your marriage. You can create those boundaries with friends and family. Time and time again, following how you feel, how you feel inspired, what you think is going to always trump what anyone else says to you about how you should feel about your situation. All right. The last thing that I want to talk about is to allow joy and humor to accompany your difficult times. You know, it goes without saying, Alan and I use humor to get through most, most of what, what we go through. I mean, yes, you got to grieve and cry and everything, but Alan and I do a lot of laughing and it does help just so much. You know, when we choose to take a break, when we choose to take a break from like mixed face F, sometimes it's too heavy and we're like, we have got to just stop talking about it because I can't, I just can't go there anymore. What do we turn to? I mean, Parks and Rec, The <laughs> Office. We'll go to Alan's comedy show down um, in Provo because he performs at Comedy Sports. And lately we've been watching Cheers because we've never gotten into that. But, you know, having something, an activity, something to watch that's more lighthearted that will provide just a relief is so needed. My favorite story about sort of laughing in the hard is the Easter Sunday. The first, it was like last Easter, I think, um, a year, about a year and a half ago. But Alan came to church with us and all of a sudden it dawned on me that maybe Alan didn't feel like Jesus was divine. And I, that dawned on me literally in the first verse of the hymn we started singing on Easter Sunday. Never, never even crossed my mind before that. And so I turned to him and I said, hold up. Now you believe that Jesus was divine, right? And he looked at me and we both just busted up laughing. Worst time to bring it up. Worst time to start laughing you really about want to get it. Into this right now. <laughs> but it was just kind of like a relief of comedy we needed because there's so much changing and then it dawns on you that holy cow, this this other thing might be changing or happening. Um, sometimes you just got to laugh about it because otherwise you cry about it. And we've spent a lot of time crying. So we would, we like to use joy and humor a lot in our relationship and it does bring a lot of help to us, whatever it might be, whether it's creating boundaries, whether it's listening to how you feel and then telling people that whether it's gaining support finding a good routine, meditating, laughing, all of those things lead to self-care. Self-care doesn't always look like going to a resort in another state and just getting away from your family. 
Although <laughs> that sounds pretty nice too, and that is something that I haven't. I haven't. You know, I haven't been on a girls' trip for. Oh, it'll be two years. I mean, it's a long time, a year and a half at least. And so there's some other mixed faith ladies um, that are really good friends. We've become very tight. We're going to a like spa resort in November and I'll post a picture. It looks very posh and everything. The only reason why we can afford it is because it's being split five ways. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out mango mamas. That's right. You know, maybe that's what it looks like. Maybe a trip with your spouse you need like a weekend away just to do something fun and lighthearted. So whatever it is, you cannot afford to allow yourself to be trampled in this time. You need self-care. So however that looks for you, please, please do it. I hope that all these suggestions were helpful. Uh, I hope that you don't mind our long monologue at the beginning, um, our impassioned pleas for help. We just love you, and we consider all of you as friends. Even if we haven't met you, we consider you as part of our tribe. So thank you for being there for each other and for us, and we will talk to you soon. We're going to see that it was better. That we grew up together Tell me you don't want to leave Cause if change is what you need You can change right next to me When you're high I'll take the lows You can ebb and I can flow We'll take it slow And grow as we go Grow as we go